0: Uh, The answers to both of these are yes and yes, regardless of your circumstances. For Christians, these are both truths outlined very clearly in Scripture. And with that said, we can find incredible comfort in these truths when we begin to worry. When we worry, we start doubting the authenticity of one or both of these realities. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I am your host. Thanks for joining us today. Now, before we get into the topic, I have a confession to make. I have a problem with perspective. Now, I hope that I am the only one, but I suspect that I'm not. And what I mean by this is we often look at the world through a magnifying glass. We make mountains out of molehills all the time, and ultimately this leads us to worry. Here are some examples. You get passed up for a promotion, and this leads to the worry, what if I never advance in my career? Or maybe it's saying something awkward in a conversation with someone you just met, and the worry is, what if they think I'm weird and they never want to hang out with me again? Or perhaps it's a bad grade on a test. Then the corresponding worry might be, well, what if I can't learn this and I fail the class? And then if I fail the class, I won't graduate. And then I won't be able to get a job. And then I can't provide for my family. And then, and then, and then. You can see how it's very easy for this to spiral. Now, you may think that was a bit of an extreme example, and perhaps it was. But I think that the point is clear. Now, this may seem similar to an episode from a couple of weeks ago about planning for tomorrow, but in fact, it is quite different, and here's why. Today, I want to focus in not on the approach to how we outline our intentions for the future, but instead I want to focus on how we respond when we think things are beginning to spiral out of control. So, starting out, as always... We've got to define this so we know what we're working with, so that we're all on the same page here. What is worry? Well, you might get a few different definitions if you look this up in a dictionary, but I think that the clearest one that I could find is this. Worry is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. Now, there's something about this I want to emphasize. It's a state, right there at the beginning, a state of anxiety or uncertainty. We're going to come back to that, but I think that that is a very important qualifier. Now, though we might not want to admit it, I think that often worry rules our lives. We give our worries and our anxieties dominion where they rightfully have none. And like I've said before, and I believe this just as fervently now as I did then, everyone serves something. Everyone puts their faith in something, whether it's God or money or simply their own personal understanding. And so I want to go ahead and read our first scripture for today. And I think that this is about to clear up and and kind of tie up all of these points that I seem to have introduced uh, with no support. And this scripture is going to be Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 through 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And the point here is this, it's so easy to become completely consumed by worry about what the future holds. And that makes our concern for whatever that thing is into our master in a practical sense. And we just read, we can't serve two masters. Now, most of us have experienced that rush of adrenaline before a big game or an important interview or a presentation. And that sense of anticipation is very normal. The problem then arises when we focus our thoughts and our attention on what the future might hold. We're focused in. It's a state. Remember that. It's a state. And we dwell so intently on the possibilities of what might occur, that we start to lose sight of the importance of what is occurring in our lives right then. Now I think worrying often also fosters a mindset that's focused on material circumstances. This is very clearly shown in Matthew chapter 6 verses 27 through 33, which some of you may recall from that previous episode just two weeks ago. But today we're going to be looking at it in a different context. Here's what this passage says. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field The majority of the time, what we find ourselves so worried about are material or physical things. Remember what I said at the beginning. Remember that problem of perspective. It's very easy to see the material as so important because we interact with it every day, when in reality it actually pales in comparison to the importance of our spiritual needs and growth. Now, it's far from easy, but if we're able to zoom out, so to speak, and see the big picture of how much these things truly matter, it helps us acknowledge how much smaller those seemingly insurmountable struggles can be. And here I'd like to offer a personal story from a long time ago, when I was far younger than I am now, in middle school. I was in an English class. Now, I did all right in school, generally speaking, but I was particularly worried about this class. We had a test upcoming, and I was worried that I wouldn't do well, and I assure you I wasn't the only student in the class who felt this way, and our middle school English teacher said this, and these words of wisdom have stuck with me over the years. He said, I know that all of you are worried about this test. You're stressing out. You're maybe even losing sleep over it. But I'll assure you this. In five years, no one's going to care what you made on this English test. Not even you, probably. In ten years, you probably will have forgotten all about even taking this test. And at the time, I thought, you know, I'm sure that he's right. But at the same time, I can't help but feel this way. And sometimes, sometimes we have that response. But his words were so true. And I think this highlights the power of perspective. At the time, that test was everything. It was almost all that I could think about. And now, all this time later, it's a speck in the rearview mirror. And that's how impactful a perspective shift can be. And similarly, when we look at the things that worry us today, in comparison to an eternal perspective, they're so small, they're so inconsequential, not even worthy to be compared to those things. Now, here's another example of a perspective shift. And this may catch you off guard a little bit. Let's do a little thought experiment here. If I were an atheist, and I did not believe in the existence of God, then that means that I then believe there is nothing awaiting us after death. So according to this worldview, uh, it only seems right and logical that we should only focus on the physical world around us, because that's all that there is for us. This physical world, this life that we're living right now. And we can actually even find this in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19 says this, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. This verse once again showcases that logical train of events. If there is nothing beyond this life that we are now living, then the logical conclusion would be to obsess over it and to cling to it as closely as possible. After all, an atheistic view would dictate that on the ultimate scale, this fleeting vapor of a lifetime is all that we have. So you may be asking yourself, how does this even relate to worry? What's the point? Well, it's this. If we worry and we elevate those physical or those worldly things to be the center stage of our focus, we actually live as if they are of ultimate importance. And what that means is, we live as though there is nothing but this life. Our focus is like someone who doesn't believe in Christ at all. Now I can only speak for myself, but, wow! That hits hard. So now that we have a grasp on what worry is and how it impacts our lives, when we do find ourselves dwelling on concerns for the future, how can we respond to that worry? Well, the first response we've already mentioned change your perspective. We have faith that there is more than this material existence. And so we ought to remember that and instead shift our focus to the things that are of great spiritual importance. And I know that many times that is far easier said than done. But we have the opportunity to take that effort that would otherwise be focused on dwelling on the unpredictable circumstances and then direct it towards growing closer to God. Another response is to recognize that worrying doesn't benefit us in any way. We can actually see this in Scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, which I read a moment ago. And you may say, Well, but I worry about doing poorly in an interview, so I prepare. And then worry benefits me in that case. Well, I would disagree. Because worrying and caring are not synonymous. And I would actually point to the existence of these two different words as evidence that they don't mean the same thing. Turning away from worry doesn't mean going through life purposelessly or going through life callous to the consequences of our actions. What it does mean is that we strive not to dwell on our uncertainties about the future. So ask yourself these two questions. First, does God love me and work things for my good? And then, secondly, is God capable of working in this situation? Now I'm going to go ahead and provide the answers to these questions. Uh, The answers to both of these are yes and yes. Yes, regardless of your circumstances. For Christians, these are both truths outlined very clearly in Scripture. And with that said, we can find incredible comfort in these truths when we begin to worry. When we worry, we start doubting the authenticity of one or both of these realities, And I think that this actually transitions very nicely into the third and final response that we're going to discuss today. We can fill ourselves with God's word and turn our worries and our apprehension over to him. And we can see in that first passage, Matthew chapter 6, 22 through 24, that we are molded and influenced by what we put before ourselves and what we consume. So going back to doubting those two truths, we can turn to Scripture as a way to remind ourselves of who God is during those moments where we begin to feel consumed by concerns for the future. And this also ties into the first application, because Scripture helps steady us in that eternal perspective. Remember, We can't serve two masters. Now, earlier in the episode, we discussed how serving an alternate master and elevating the material things so highly in our lives gets in the way of our ability to effectively serve God. But that statement goes both ways. Think about it this way. If you are so focused, so dedicated to serving God, there's no time, and there's no desire to serve money, to serve yourself, to serve things of this world, because your eyes are fixed firmly, and your attention is fixed firmly on God. Now additionally, we can turn to God in prayer during those times where we begin to worry, We can see this modeled in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is incredible power in bringing those concerns and that anxiety about tomorrow to God, because we know that it's in His hands. Hands that are actually capable of helping that situation, compared to our meager ability to just fear and stress about it. And we can find comfort in this assurance from Scripture that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So as we start to wrap up today, I want to go ahead and offer... A couple of closing thoughts. The first is a quote that I heard from a sermon not long ago. Focus on the life happening before your eyes, not the one you can imagine. Like I mentioned in a previous episode, we can theorize, we can try to predict what's going to happen, but ultimately There is a life occurring right now in this moment. And what we do have the ability to do is to reach out and seize that and make the most of this moment we're in. But what doesn't benefit us is looking forward and being consumed by concern and apprehension. So I now want to leave you with this verse interestingly enough, for the second time this month. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, right after the passage that we read earlier. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.